Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment, episode number one. 16, which uh, John Opaluski, our, our host and mentor, tormentor, you got a, you got a pretty serious topic today. And I, 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 one of those days where I feel like it's not just, hey, this is a good topic. Like this is going to change lives one way or the other. This is going to be something that's crucial in the destinies of people. So to introduce us today to, to our, our topic today. Yeah, the title is called Pastors Who Want to Quit. Yeah. Um, and the reason I wanted us to talk about this together, uh, Jim, is because a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, Barna came out with its most recent study uh, that, and it said that 38% of pastors in the U.S. have thought, seriously thought seriously, yeah, about quitting full-time ministry this year. Um, and that percentage is up nine points from the beginning of the year in January. Yeah. So in January of this year, it was 29%. Yeah. In uh, you know November of 2021, it's uh, 38%. Yeah. Um, so that's concerning. And and but one of the more alarming findings in this study, I dug into it. I was reading through it, is that 46% of pastors who are under the age of 45, wow, say they are seriously quitting full time ministry, compared to 34% of those who are 45 and older. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that if that catches your attention, Jim, but you know, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, it, it, I think we all told ourselves the lies two years ago that we didn't know was a lie at the time. And that is we're one day closer to going back to normal. I think by now we've, you know, we've talked about several times on the podcast, it would be hard to define what normal is today. Right. So some people don't, don't flourish in uncertainty and creativity and innovation. Certainly people that we serve in our churches many right. times won't do that. So I, so it was, it was always a calling because it was a terrible job. I would say being a soldier, being a public school teacher, being a police officer, these are callings. Nobody mm -hmm. gets into those areas for money and fame. Nobody gets into ministry, hopefully for money and fame. They're, they haven't done much research if they have, right? So, right? so when you say I'm going into it to really care about people and then people don't care back because mm -hmm. you social media, you said yeah. something interpreted or whatever, or they didn't come back after COVID. And it's just, you know, I put my life and I saved their marriage. I was there with their kid at three o'clock in the morning. I, you know, yeah, we just decided we're going to house church now. And they're yeah. watching a super preacher on online now instead of you. I, I, it's a discouraging time. If you're measuring the wrong things, if you lose mm -hmm. sight of calling, I, I can see that. And I, I can see, again, we were talking a little bit ahead of time that the, you know, why would older people, I would think older people would be more susceptible to thinking about quitting ministry because of all the adjustments and technologies. You know, if you're over 45, you're, you're not a digital native. You weren't raised with a, a smartphone. Right. You were raised with a dumb one with a cord on it. Right. So I, but I, I think, you know, I think there's reasons why older people are hanging in there at a greater rate. It's a little alarming rate, but at yes. a greater rate than younger people. Yeah. I, and uh, as we were kind of talking about that before we started recording this, uh, you know, some of the things we thought about is maybe, maybe the reason the younger guys and gals are, are, are considering quitting at a higher percentage rate is they just haven't lived, they haven't seen enough or yeah. lived long enough, you know, to realize that no matter what's going on or what you're going through, uh, one, God's with you. 
And two, he is going to bring something amazing out of it um, if we just hang in there and persevere. And I think when you've gone through four or five iterations of that, (laughs) then, you know, you realize that, wow, I don't like being in the middle of this. I don't like the stress and strain of this, but I know on the other side of this, something good is going to happen in me and something good is going to happen through me. Um, And so I think that might be the, one of the main reasons, Jim, that the, the younger under 45 uh, leaders are struggling a little bit more with this because they just maybe haven't had enough of those experiences. There's a, there's a military saying that might serve the younger crowd better uh, or serve them well today. And, And that is that if, regardless of what happens in this battle, don't, don't mistake the battle for the war. Mm. So we're going to charge Utah beach. We win or we lose. It doesn't matter. We're going to win the war, whether or not we take a foothold on Utah or we don't. And, and the older military planners understood that if we can't, you know, um, our operation market garden, they, they airdropped into Holland and it's going to be this big air. It, it didn't work. Um, you know, as, as things turned out, it didn't work. So what did they do? They didn't quit and go home and say, we're not good at fighting wars. Yeah. They said, we got to find another way into Germany because, they outsmarted us this time and it cost, it's costly. So I, I think you're right. I think, I think the private on the ground or the Lieutenant, you know, leading his, his platoon doesn't have the same vantage point as a general Patton would have, or as right. a, so absolutely. If we look at every bad Sunday, as if it's the only Sunday, we'll always be discouraged. If you look at every bad quarter, every bad year, I would say every bad three years and mm. say, that's, it's not, it's, these are battles and we have to outsmart our enemy by the grace of God find another way to win. And those who are resilient. They, yeah. they look back without regrets in ways that those who quit, I, I'm not saying don't quit. It's the right thing, the wrong thing. I'm just simply saying this, there's a difference between quitting and finishing, mm-hmm. fin- finishing a race, finishing a fight, keeping your faith. That's different than I, I gave up because it got too hard. That would be right. hard to explain. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Jim, I, you know, we are concerned when we see reports like this come out, from yeah. Barna. As a matter of fact, uh, several I've had several conversations conversations uh, with district superintendents uh, yeah. across different denominations yeah. uh, over the past several weeks, and they're sharing this information with me as well. It seems to mirror what Barna is reporting. And um, yeah. I had one superintendent tell me this. He says more and more pastors are telling me they don't like the people they lead yeah. anymore. And I thought, man. Uh, you know, so, so Jim, let's think about maybe why this is happening and we're not going to, we're not going to be exhaustive here, but just a couple of, I think maybe key contributors to why this thought process about quitting has become so dominating uh, in the lives of these leaders. Uh, I I do think that for some pastoral ministry, here's the first one, pastoral ministry has become toxic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, prior to the pandemic, no matter how healthy the church you led was three to five percent of the people in that church were devils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't matter. I mean, they, they didn't see you as their pastor. They were openly critical of you. They had a different vision for the church than you did. Um, but during the pandemic and even today, that number of devils, so to speak, and I know that's a strong word, um, has grown to about 30%. So 30% of your, the congregation that you serve um, is going to be upset with you, not on board with you. And you think about that and, and, and it's, 
you know, critics have always been more vocal than people who are non-critical of you or even supportive of your leadership. That's always been true. But yeah. I think that group has gotten not only larger, it's gotten, it's gotten louder, louder. Yeah. in their criticism. And I think that has some pastors feeling trapped. What do you think about that first contributor, Jim? Yeah, I, 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 it's funny because the three to 5% always try to present themselves as the 30%. You know, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Right. You say, well, who else feels this way? Well, they don't want me to say, but they've asked me to, you know, they, to represent them, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think it's true. And you think about a church of 100 people, the average size of a church in our fellowships around 100, 125 people. Yeah. If you're talking about 25, 30 people in that fellowship that are upset because of vaccines or not vaccines or whose life matters more than whose life or what, you know, right. who you voted for, didn't vote for, all the things to be divided on. Um, it, it's hard to get people just to come back to Jesus. Yes. Yeah focus on Jesus, just focus on the gospel. We're going to have, some of you are going to sacrifice meat to idols and some of you are not. They respect each other's faith and, and just, you know, be, uh, resolve these issues through love. And that's, that's getting right. harder and harder because to be honest with you, we, we haven't been that good at loving because we haven't been tested and now we're being tested in love. And right. I, I would say that, you know, again, we're going to stand before the Lord someday and, and the totality of our work is going to be laid before him. I, I would want to have passed this season as a test and yes. love the people that I didn't like, that I didn't agree with, right. that were causing me problems that were, that were dividing the church. But I took, I took biblical um, wisdom. I confronted the things that needed to be confronted. I, right. I even asked people to leave during the season. You cannot from this seat as a member of our church, you know, espouse the things that you're saying. You cannot. And they loved it. They, I martyred them. They went out on mm -hmm. social media. That was one more proof that they were right. And it was a big conspiracy. But, you know, some people create happiness wherever they go and others whenever they go. So I, I think it's 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 up to us. I, I just think this, think of it as we're, we're parents amongst children. And that's not to demean the maturity. But I think before God, a pastor really is a mother or a father yes. to, to congregate. I think it's a better, it's a more biblical viewpoint of it. Right. Um, Moms and dads don't run out because their kids are misbehaving. They actually parent more. They, yeah. they find more grace. They get more wisdom, more advice. So it's, it's not time to say, I'm not good at this. Nobody's good at this. Nobody has experience. Every pastor now is, it has the same amount of experience in this as every pastor now. Yeah. And that, that hasn't happened before. We've always had people that we go to that had been through things, but occasionally right. there's the Y2K. Occasionally, there's the presidential election. Occasionally, there's the 9-11s and the Gulf Wars and the Oklahoma City bombings and the recessions and depressions and layoffs and strikes. That's, you know, we, but, but like you're saying, once you've been through a dozen of these things, you realize it's a bump. It's yeah. not, it's not, don't let lies be believable because you're in pain. Yeah. Lies are still lies. So, so I think that's one of the contributors is this, this I think there's this growing toxicity, you know, and I, and so I think that's part of it. Here's the other part of it. I, and I, I think pastors are really, some of them are just saying I'm through with the start and stop of this pandemic. Yeah. Just through with it. You know, uh, Jamie Halavin, our, our teammate who serves with yeah. us uh, at Converge Coaching, she wrote a powerful blog a few weeks ago about, uh, it was a Thanksgiving blog, you know, but it was a different, it was just such a different Thanksgiving blog. She did such a good job. And she, she wrote these words. I'm just going to read them real quick. She said, this pandemic life uh, we are living right now is comparable to an old, unreliable car. <laughs> you know, we crank the engine for a few seconds. It, it finally turns over and fires to life, drives a few hundred feet only to stall out again. 
And, you know, she said in the spring of 2021, we got some momentum as cases dropped, therapeutics and, and preventatives uh, became more available. And then boom, a new variant happens. Cases yeah. spike, then they recede and school returned into person, but quarantines and surges yet again. I mean, and I, I, I think there is a general sense of weariness yeah. among leaders with yeah. the starting and stopping dynamic. What do you think about that one, Jim? Yeah, I, you, we all, I mean, on my board right now, I've got a plan, right? It, my plan is for this season. It includes these issues that, well, what happens when, when life walks up with an eraser, Yeah, <laughs> everything you'd had planned, everything you budgeted, your staffing, your vision, the theme for the year, what, you know, all the stuff we've been doing, you know, every season forever in ministry, suddenly there is no tomorrow. There's just today with all this new questions. It can be overwhelming. And, and yeah. I think you're, I think it's, I think overwhelming, one day is discouraging in a week. So what is it called after two years of starting mm -hmm. and up and down? But I, I think, again, it's perspective, right? If you can say, I am a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever I go, whenever that is, that's, that's who I am. Paul always says, I, I Paul, an apostle. Every, every letter about Philippians, he introduces himself with his, his name and his, and his responsibility to them as he's writing. And I, I right. think we say, regardless of they walk in the door, they listen online, or I visit them in the hospital, or I write them a note, I'm pastoring. I, this is who I am. This is not what I do. Then we'll always find a way to pastor people. And if it's Sunday morning at nine o'clock, you know, that, that, that's a very uncertain thing. I'm Michigan right now, as we're speaking, is right. really high in the COVID cases. New variants are coming. New, I, I guess people say, yeah, it's just, you know, every, every light at the end of the tunnel is just another oncoming train. I, I get that. But it, if we're going through that, imagine the people we're serving, what they're going through. Yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. We have responsibility to them. It's not, they don't have responsibility to us. They really don't. As you add it up as a parent and a child, there's responsibilities, but, but, we have more responsibility to them than they have to us. So if they yeah. show or don't show, if they agree or disagree, I, I would say, yeah, you, you just, it's, it's a tough season. Get over it. Move forward. Yeah. People love God, love to serve. Yeah. So, so let's talk about what pastors might be able to do. If you're, if you're listening or watching today and you're, you've been thinking about, man, I don't, I, I think I want to do something else with my life. Yeah. Um, you know, let me, let me just say this. We'll give you two things here. First, is sometimes you do need a fresh start. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you do. But to the best of your ability, make sure it's God who's sending you, not you sending you. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, and I've, I've observed this, I believe you have too, Jim, that at some point, some churches have become so toxic. Yeah. The relationship maybe with your board has been so toxic and so damaging to you and your family. Yeah. that you might need a fresh start somewhere else. But let me say this. If you think a fresh start won't come with some problems, you're not thinking it through all the way. Yeah. Um, and, and so, look, I, I resigned after seven and a half years of being a lead pastor. I went into the corporate world. I thought my pastoring days were over. But here's what I discovered, that God can use you outside of the four walls of a church. Yeah. That pastoral calling will be with you for the rest of your life. How it's expressed yeah. may change. The setting may change. The environment may change. But if you've got that call on your life, it will always be there. So, you know, I think it would be irresponsible of us, Jim, to say that you can never leave. 
I, I don't subscribe to that. Right. I um, because I, I have worked with enough pastors to know that in certain circumstances they should leave because, right. you know, uh, one church that we were helping had not 27 pastors in 56 years. And this latest guy, young guy yeah. was just getting, he was just being beat up. Right. And wow. I thought it was so systemic. Yeah. You know what? Um, and he made the decision. I never make that decision for pastors, but he decided I, I just cannot do this yeah. um, anymore. And so he's, he's in another role now. He's doing fantastic. He's really Good. flourishing. We're really happy for him. He needed a fresh start, right? I can fix that problem, but it takes a gallon of gasoline and a match. I, I'm glad he didn't go that way. That's <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so, you know, I think most pastors leave too early. Yes. But the truth is some stay too long. And, um, and so I think, I think sometimes you do need a fresh start. Um, here's the second thing, uh, that I think we can do about all of this. And that is if you decide to stay, jump in with both feet. Yes. Yes. You know, don't have one foot in this other like place and your foot here. If you decide you're staying now, if you're in the middle of figuring that out, you know, that's a different story. But if you said I'm staying, then, then 100% dive in, jump in. And, and here's some things I think that will, uh, should flow out of that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on these, Jim, you know, start casting vision again. Yes. I, I, I believe vision tends to be unifying. It, it creates energy, it creates momentum and it creates hope. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my friends, his name is Jeff Harlow. Jeff uh, paraphrases the uh, verse of scripture that says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. He says it this way, where there is no vision, the people run wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that God has called those who are leading to be vision casters, yes. uh, yeah. to spend some time dreaming and talking about the future. What do you think about that in terms of if you decide to stay, jump in with both feet? Talk to me about the vision piece, Jim. Yeah. Your thoughts our, on our, our translation for our, our staff is that in an absence of leadership, leaders will lead. Your natural yeah. leaders will begin to lead. And they'll normally lead like that way. <laughs> and and you know, they just, they cast off restraint because, and that restraint doesn't mean they've been chained. It means they've been yoked, right? Mm-hmm. So an animal unyoked to another animal, they'll, they'll go in whatever direction they want. But you, in order to bring them together, there has to be this apparatus that harnesses the strength of multiple units. And, and that is that is your vision. That is mm-hmm. your vision. And I, I understand it's been hard to have vision because if you set things numerically or you know financially, or th- those have been tough. But, but I think if you set your vision broad enough that no matter what happens, you know we are going to win the loss. We will be a church that wins the loss. That'd be one example. We're going to be a church that makes disciples. Well, now the dynamic changes. So you have to be online or you have to have virtual groups. You have to be outdoors, but the vision didn't have to change. So you say, we're going to grow by 20%. That might be disappointing because of the uncertainty. But you right. say, we're going to grow. As we grow, we're going to grow because people are finding Jesus, not because they're just leaving their, their old dead church and coming to this new lively one or whatever. Right. Those are the types of goals I think you're talking about. We're going to have a heart and that heart's going to have specifics. And from that, we're going to, we're going to press on forward. So, for example, we couldn't meet together, but we could be in our cars. So we had a drive-in movie 
uh, church service. So we, we bought an AM radio station transmitter for 50 bucks or something. And that was just, you know, we couldn't meet inside, but we could meet outside. So that's what we did during early on in the pandemic. And then how do you do an outreach when people are in their cars and not connecting? So on the 4th of May, we had a Star Wars night, May the 4th be with you, yes. you know, kind of May the 4th, as we call it, May the 4th be with you. And we, and we, we had an intermission where we preached the gospel and, you know, people flashed their lights if they wanted to accept Jesus as savior. We leaped our horns in celebration, you know, sure. just, just find yeah. a way. That's what I'm saying. Just find a way to win. And uh, I, I'm with you, but that I think vision is not just good for your people. We need a vision. We will perish. We will cast yeah. off if we don't know where we're going. You got to see beyond the, the dirt to the lawn that's on its way to, to want to water dirt. You just, yep. you just have to. So I agree hundred percent. And I, I love the encouragement of it, John, because if I have a vision and I get stuck, I can talk to somebody about how to get unstuck. That's right. I have no vision. I don't know how to help somebody that doesn't know where they're going. I yep. don't, any direction I help them then could, could be actually leading them away from where they're supposed to be. But if you know that in the last order you heard from God was to pastor this church and you haven't heard anything that contradicts that, I, I would strongly encourage you to get a word from God. So you don't stumble into disobedience, right. you know, um, yeah. And God can use you wherever you are, but I, I, our churches don't need the transition of leadership right now either. People, no, that's a good point. Yeah, the percent that hate your guts, whatever. But there's seventy percent that call you pastor, and yeah. they, they need you to finish strong. They need you to love them. They need you to care about them. So, have it. We stand at the door, and twenty people say great sermon. One person walks out the door and says, "I think you're an idiot." You know, it's hard to shake the one, and it's yeah. hard to receive the twenty. But we we have to get over that. Let's. Well done, good and faithful servant. There's no, the word success is nowhere in that sentence. Yeah. So, so part of jumping in with both feet is, is, is start to vision again. Yes. Um, uh, secondly, I would say, you know, start spending a little more time st- thinking strategically. And, 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 and I would encourage you to invite your team into this process with you. Uh, don't do this all by yourself. Um, you know, so strategy can change vision doesn't change much you know i don't think i think it's pretty much your north star but the the way you're going to get there uh can can adjust and i think you described that perfectly just a few minutes ago um make disciples right of jesus Uh, if you're going to stay let's make disciples i i think there is a direct correlation between vision visioning strategizing discipling and the level of energy and enthusiasm a leader experiences. Yes. That I, I believe that there's a connection, there's connectivity between that. Um, if you are, uh, every day, if, you're, if you look at your life as I have to fix problems, yeah. you're going to be a part of that 38% that yeah. says, man, I, I don't want to find it. Because their problems are never going to stop. They're always going to be there. Uh, I could fix problems all as a lead pastor. I could just, that, I could do that all day long yeah. and do nothing else. I've had so many pastors tell me that this year, John, I can just be problem solving my entire week and never get anything done that is moving the ball down the field for the, for the church. And so, you know, if you're going to stay, stay, right. I mean, be in cast vision, strategize, make disciples, Invite your team into the this pool, so to speak, with you. Yes. Um, and and I think that I think that you'll have this. I believe what will happen is 
you'll have renewed hope. You'll have a renewed sense of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't say energy, you say confidence, hope, all those words. I, I, it's funny, I don't know what words right, but I know exactly what you mean when you say that. There's a, there's a want to that returned. And I, I had a significant, difficult season. I told a good friend of mine, a missionary, David Spear, I said, this is what I'm going through. I confessed it to him almost like it was sin. Like I, like I must have failed God or God must have failed me because I'm, I'm just so discouraged, so numb. And I, I, I love the phrase he gave me. He said, well, what you're describing to me is that your give a darn is broken. Yeah. And I said, yes, that's it. My give a darn's broken. Like, so don't worry about that. Get your give a darn fixed first. Yeah. You know, so what, what, where was the last time you were happy and what's happened from there to here? And mm. it was, it was a beautifully simple, practical blue collar construction worker therapy, you know, where I, I realized I'd given up on some things that kept me healthy. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was, I was giving my attention and energy to things that had no return. Um, no wonder I'm discouraged when all I'm doing is dealing with problems that are unfixable. In the short term, right? You know, we've been, we've hated each other in our marriage for twenty years. Now fix us. Hmm. You know, I, I I'm committed to your marriage, but I but you have to be more committed to your marriage than I am before I'm helpful in the process. Right. Those sorts of things, right? So I, I think understanding what to say yes to, what to say no to, yeah. keeping your soul straight, your marriage straight, your family straight, exercise, rest, nutrition, all the things that, that I heard you say so often. If your give a darn is broken, but you're ignoring the basics of mental health. Come on, man. That's yep. you can't get there from here. You got to get healthy. Get healthy. Take tell everybody you're booked up for the next week and take an appointment with yourself for the yep. next week. Get yourself healthy. Call you. Call me. Call Converge. Do something. But you know, if, if you're stuck, get help. But move forward. And I guarantee, by the end of a week of rest, recreation, you know, health, strength, exercise, nutrition, all those things, your, your dreamer will start working again. Yep. And until you've done that. Maybe it's not time to talk about, about stopping because I, I think you're in danger of quitting when really what the Lord's will is for you is finishing. And there is a time to finish and it's early. There's a time where God says, that's it. You're done. You know what I mean? That's okay. But I, I just want to be good and I want to be faithful because that's, that's the, that's what you get at the end of a good and faithful life is well done, you know, good and faithful. So be good to yourself so you can be good to others, be faithful to yourself. So you can be faithful to others. And someday we'll hear those words, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jim, I, I really have enjoyed this conversation and hopefully it's brought uh, some hope and encouragement to those who are listening, watching today. I, I just say, as we close today, John, I, I will. And, uh, you know, Jim, the best way for uh, people to get a hold of me yes. is, uh, and to get a hold of us really, because I'm not the only person on this team who's helping and serving uh, uh, pastors and leaders is to go to our website, convergecoach.com. We have a contact us link right up at the top of the navigation bar. Click that. It'll take you like 30 seconds to fill out your email name, shoot it over to us, and we'll call you. And uh, we'll spend some time talking together and see if we can be helpful to you. John, thanks for closing that out. My, my internet clipped out on me there. So okay. God bless you, our, our dear listeners and viewers. We're praying for you. It's a, it's a tough season, and yet we have a strong God. So promise yourself, promise God, promise us before you make any quick decisions, you make some good ones and, and we'll help you with those decisions if we can. So God bless you. Uh, as, as they say at the Star Trek conventions, live long and prosper. And we will see you again soon as we continue to lead from a life.